space. Final frontier. <laughs> These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we are on the season finale of Lower Decks, season two, first first contact. That that season's gone really quick. I know it's only ten episodes, but it's still been a really quick ten weeks. Yeah, it does seem like it's gone fast. Yeah, it seems like only two minutes ago we were talking about Ransom and his giant head floating around, and now... Uh, yeah, and now I'm down for season three. Yeah, well, uh, well <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it, but yeah, we've gone we've gone back old school with our season finales with this one, which is quite welcome, I think, uh, a proper yeah, old school... I, I, <laughs> A big curveball, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's dig into it then. So, there's a lot of great stuff in this one. I, I'll, I'll put it up front. I think this might be probably the best one of the season. I think it's been... Yeah, I think I think this is probably the best episode of Lower Decks. Not just this season, out of the two seasons, I think this is probably the best one they've done. I think you might and be I right. And I think it's also... I think when we look back properly on this, this will be rated as one of one of those top Star Trek episodes. Yeah, I think you're right. And we get we've got the space dock, so that's cool. Seeing space dock again, the classic space dock from the movies and TNG and everything. And we've got a refit Excelsior class. So, and um, no, it's not. Oh, is it now? It's a new class. Is no, it? It's an Avena class. All right. I thought it was a Enterprise B it, style with new nacelles. No, it, it's sort of like a, a generation thing. Like, yeah, it isn't just a refit. It's a complete new class of shit, but it's sort of using the same sort of DNA. Right. Way to put it. Right. I didn't realise it were a new so class of shit. Yeah, so. yeah, it's an Avena class. There we go. So that's a, yeah, a new one. No doubt you'll be able to buy the models of it and everything quite soon. Actually, is there a Cerritos kit yet? No. Uh, there might be garage kits out there. Yeah. People... There should be. There should be. Yeah, I think there's probably a garage kit. And I know people want to build it, but... I'm going to say... It's like, one... they're, they're only just getting around to releasing decent versions of um, the Grisham... Right, okay. Yeah, we might have a wait. <laughs> the they're quite slow a lot. Like to be fair to Polar Lights have been really good this last few years. Mm. But sort of like how Star Trek models are released can be quite slow. Yeah, we might have a little wait then for a Cerritos, but I don't even think Eagle yeah. Moss have done well, one like, yet. Like to be to be fair, uh, Polar Lights did do the Discovery and the Shenzo. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I've seen a Disco Prize. Yeah, there's Disco Prizes out there as well. Um, the Discovery's available in two different sizes. There you go. So so they have made an effort over the last few years, mm. but still waiting on the Cerritos. Yeah. Well, anyway, we've got the, this new style as well then. And the captain of it is our old friend Sonia Gomez, which 
if you'd have said to me, which character do you think is going to be captain of a ship next episode? I think we'd have been here a long time before I said Sonia Gomez. Yeah, she wouldn't have been... I'm not sure if we'd have even got down to saying Sonia no. Gomez. But, like, it does make sense in a way. Like, what is it? This is 16 years after Next Gen. Mm-hmm. And I know we didn't see her after season two, but we've got to assume that she stayed on board. Yeah. And following the Dominion War, there's got to be a lot of captains who've been, who normally maybe wouldn't be a captain by this point in the career. Yeah, yeah. But the being real through, they'd maybe be a first or a second officer still. Yeah, I mean, the the timeline totally works. There's there's plenty of time <coughs> for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we go by Kelvin timeline, how fast you can get promoted to captain there. I mean, you know, right. she could have been captain by the end of season two. But anyway, we won't get into that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy with Sonia Gomez as a captain. Really good to see him pulling out a, a legacy character. I would like to see... And th this goes generally just for um, Lower Decks generally, but... There's a lot of references to DS9 characters, but like, let's see a DS9 character. We haven't yeah. seen a DS9 character for ages. Like, I'm wondering, like, we get uh, Captain Freeman, she says, my old friend, uh, Sonia Gomez. Mm. Now, there's been speculation, haven't there, that she served on the Enterprise? Yes, yeah. Maybe. And uh, Mariner's maybe come up for the Enterprise. The way that she knew Riker and, oh, yeah, get me contraband through him. And yeah. And it does make you wonder if they're going to reveal at some point mm. that she, like, Mariner maybe didn't serve on the Enterprise, but she maybe grew up on there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, one day. We never know. Um, so there's a good sort of through line in this episode with Jennifer, the Andorian, who... Yes. <laughs> We've talked about a couple of times and it looked like they were setting her up as like this antagonist for Mariner and that comes to a head in this one. But it, it starts off and they have this chat and she says like, oh, I know that you're my enemy and you've got it. And she's like, no, I don't, I don't even think about you at all. And, <laughs> yeah. And that is, that is something that you get like... Everybody's got, like, that person at work who they're like, that guy hates me or that woman hates me, and you get it in your head that it's this big thing, and they probably don't even give you time of day. Yeah, they, they hardly <laughs> even no, notice you. Yeah, it's kind of like we talked about a lot uh, during the, the football tournament, um, Euro 2020, even though we're in 2021, how... There's a big rivalry between the English and German football teams, but it's only from the English side. Like yeah. we see them as our nemesises, whereas the the German football the Ger teams just the like the Germans oh, yeah. are bothered about the Dutch. Yeah, they're just like, oh well, you know, England are a decent team, but we don't give them that much thought. And it's kind of yeah. this with Mariner <laughs> and, 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 and like for us, it's all over the front pages and back pages. Yeah, and <laughs> it's kind of. <laughs> It's kind of like this with Mariner and Jennifer, that Mariner thinks Jennifer's her arch enemy and she's got all these issues with her and everything. And it transpires that that's just not the way she feels about it. So, yeah, it's an interesting spin on what we thought we were getting there. And she goes, oh, you've got to go grasp me up to ransom now, aren't you, about the contraband again? Yeah. And, like, it's no wonder if she, like... 
she shouldn't have contraband, and Jenny's probably doing the right thing in forming her that she's got contraband. Yeah, that's true. But Mariner is taking this as that she's her arch enemy because of it. Yeah, exactly. She's built up <laughs> this thing in her head that's just not really there. Yeah. But well, all... maybe if you didn't keep running into her with your contraband, you wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, so all of this leads to Mariner finding out that Freeman's getting the promotion, so... We'll give ourselves a tick for this one. We thought this were coming. And this makes up sort of a... Not even really a B-plot, but it's a thread that's running through the episode. Is Freeman's looks like she's got that promotion and she's going to a better ship and all of this stuff. And Mariner being Mariner's not very happy about it. And everyone kind of gets their own little storyline this episode. Like... Rutherford's got this thing with his implant playing up. Yeah, now that's gonna come. There's gotta be a lot more reveal on that in season yeah, three. Definitely, it's definitely setting up a, a longer term yeah, story. Yeah, like that there. looks like someone's using his implant to spy. Yeah, a bit like what happened with uh, Jordy when he went to that. Yeah. Um, seminar and the they did him with his. Uh, Visor, didn't they? Yeah. And then again, the Klingons did it in generations. Yeah. With his Bit of a liability, these implants and stuff, by yeah. the looks of it. But yeah, what leads to it all is this thing of he, he's getting these warning signs that are like whacked over the screen so he can't actually see anything. Uh, which is, it. the storyline's quite reminiscent of what we saw with Arium in that one episode that was about Arium before she died where we, we find out that she has to manually save all the memories and everything. Yeah, but, but it turns out, like, his is so full because he's uh, making triplicates of everything yeah, so he doesn't forget Tandy again. Yeah, he's backing up his backups. He doesn't actually <laughs> yeah. have to do it. Uh, but the visual's quite funny, how he keep, the warnings keep stacking up on top of each other yeah. and everything. Like, like Billings comes out, says it right to him, he goes, if you can't make new memories of her, there's, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. You don't need to be storing all this. Yeah. And Boimler's got his thing is he's preparing for Captain Freeman Day, which is obviously a play on Captain Picard Day, but he's he's but, really yeah, going like, for it. Like, he keeps going. He does, doesn't he? He goes, what you do for Captain Freeman Day, like, Mariner's right, she goes, it's for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Even the whales, and, it, and, it, and, it, and I don't agree with it either because it's to teach them to respect authority figures. <laughs> and even the whales are like, no, it's for calves. <laughs> yeah. So they're not impressed either. Um, but he's done exactly the same banner that was done for Captain. Yeah, yeah. Somehow he's managed to recreate it perfectly. <laughs> um, the, there's a really good sort of deep cut reference where they're talking about if we're going to get a new captain and Mariner says, oh, we could get a weirdo with a riding crop, which is the guy from Star Trek 3 who had that weird, yeah. for no reason, he just had this little bat on. For, yeah. so, <laughs> love it. Really good, really good reference. And Mariner decides the best way to derail it is just to go gossiping with the senior staff and that'll... <laughs> That'll upset and everybody. And then they get all pissed off as well, don't they? Because she hasn't told them yet. So it works. Mariner was right. It, it, she pulled it off. That's what she wanted to do. And um, she got away with it. 
And then Tendy's plot is that she sees Dr. Tana deleting her file and she thinks she's getting the sack, basically. Yeah, and, like, this is sort of played on as well because you do see Dr. Tandy talking to another officer that we haven't seen previously going, um, she's not right for medical. Yeah, which obviously <laughs> we know what it, it turns out to mean, but you can totally see why Tendy thinks. Yeah. So it's good that all four of our main cast have all got their own little storyline in there. I think probably the one that's least substantial is Boimler and his Captain Freeman day. <laughs> but I think the he gets a good moment later on, but I think the, the using Boimler as the most sort of comedic relief character in this episode. Yeah. Whereas the rest of them have got quite weighty storylines, really. And the you get a really good you're saying about the the senior staff not being happy. Billups has like a massive sweary outburst because he's really <laughs> not happy about it. But it's it's dragon blood. It's all uh, fantasy and swear words. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and Ransom, which we have seen from we've seen his culture now, haven't we? Previously, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, you're right. When he says dragon blood, he's, he's like, yeah, like he's swearing, isn't it? I'd not put that yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And um, Ransom thinks he's going to get promoted and then he's not happy to find out that he isn't going to be. Yeah, they bring in someone new, but that's never mentioned who it was going to be. No. Because I, I, I don't think for one minute that Captain Freeman is going to... No. No, I think they were... I think what they wanted you to do was start speculating who's it going to be. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd have finished with a gag that they get someone like Jellicoe or something comes on. Oh. And everybody's just like, oh. So, but they didn't. <laughs> anyway, they did something much better at the end of the episode. But it's playing on that trope of you can replace the captain. And a bit like Discovery, we've had a different captain a different captain Every each season. season for four seasons. So, oh, well, for three, but then it will be four. So, it will be four. Yeah. So, it's playing on that, and you're thinking, oh, is it going to be someone else coming in? But we'll, we'll get to the cliffhanger in a little while. Um, there's some cool stuff, like there's, there's a, a thing with Gomez where someone falls over on the bridge, and she's like, oh, I've done much worse. And that's obviously a <laughs> reference to where she spilled the. <coughs> coffee straight yeah. over Picard. Yeah, the coffee. Oh, hot on... chocolate, won't it? Yeah, hot chocolate on Picard. And she's like, no. It's... Yeah, which I still don't think that's very safe having hot chocolate around the engineering consoles. No, but I mean, have you seen that picture that's been doing the rounds on Facebook recently? It's a bit where Geordie and Data test a phaser and they test oh, it in the direction yeah. of the warp car. It's like, yeah. Data I'm... stands behind it. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's like over. Yeah. Not sure that's the best place to be testing a phaser data, but you know, whatever floats your boat. And yeah, the the big thing then, the the main sort of incident of the episode, the Archimedes gets there's like a an explosion basically, isn't there? Yeah, and there's it, an unstable planetoid in, yeah. in orbit around this planet. They're going to... Well, the Archimedes is doing first contact and mm. the Cerritos is literally going with them to arrive straight after the second contact. Yeah. And it ends up with 
it, it's almost like a visual call back to Star Trek Six because you've got this ship that looks like an Excelsior class ship and something blows up and makes a big shockwave and the ship gets spinning and so visually we're going there a little bit and it ends up with the Cerritos has got to come together and they've got to they've got to save the well, day. Well, before that, we have um, Captain Freeman decide she's going to go do it herself in the captain's yeah, in yacht. Yeah, the captain's yacht. So we find out the Cerritos has a captain's yacht. Yeah, which is pretty cool to say it's not one of the the big ships. And yeah, I mean we rarely like, ever to be like to be fair, Voyager had its aerial show. Yeah. So and maybe it is a feature that they have. It sounds like it's have a on thing. Every ship. The Enterprise E had a captain's yacht, didn't they? So yeah, so did the D, even though we never got to see no, it. No, never the show. saw it. But um, yeah, and that's Tendi and Rutherford are hiding in it. Well, not hiding, but they, they've decided to go see something that's off limits for a bit of a thrill. <laughs> and I like how they're saying, "Oh, do you always come here to argue?" <laughs> But ultimately, it's them that comes up with the idea that's going to save the day of we need to remove the outer hull. And this is one of those things where it's one of those where you're like, I can't believe they've not done that in Star Trek before. Like, that's such a good Um, idea. I've been watching a few things on, on this, and it's not a feature that every starship can do. Ah, okay. There's... Cerritos can do it, or the California class. It's sort of like it's party piece, like it can remove its entire hull. It's something like you're doing it's like for when it has to help in repairing other ships. And Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's a good spin on it. So we always hear about the outer hull and everything, which does yeah. imply there's an inner hull. And here we get to see it, and you get a, a really cool look at the ship once it's all stripped off, where it's sort of gold and everything. I should have done. I should have done a screenshot <laughs> for us. Yeah, like, look. if you look at the thumbnail for this week, I have used the the naked Cerritos. On yeah, there. it looks really cool. <laughs> and somebody at Eagle Moss is rubbing the hands like we can put another Cerritos <laughs> out. <laughs> So I think well, I'll, I'll be free then, won't because this is a refit anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think I've got three versions of Voyager from them, so I won't be surprised if there's yeah. another <laughs> another couple of Cerritos to to milk it there. Freeman makes a big inspiring speech then, which finishes with Cerritos Strong, which <laughs> it reminds me of um, the new Planet of the Apes films where it's like apes together strong. <laughs> so, that's what made it. I, it did rem- I, it's one of those things I'm thinking, I know this reminds me of something and I just couldn't think what it reminded me of. It was that for me, definitely, but there's probably other stuff where it's yeah. something similar. And you do get a bit of a sort of tense action sequence where the, there's one panel left and they can't do it from the outside, so... They have to do it from the inside. And we finally see Citation Ops, which we've talked about. And It's been on technical plans since, what, 1987 with the next gen. Exactly. But this is the first time we're seeing it. It's taken on, what, <laughs> 34 years yeah. to get round to and this. I'm not saying I called this completely, but I want a little bit of credit. So I think when we talked about this back in episode one, 
I were joking about I want to see Darwin from Sequest DSV. Yeah. And we pretty much get that. I mean, we're not a million well, miles the, away. These are beluga whales. The so. whales, not dolphins, but the 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 serving quite a similar purpose, really. So I'm giving myself I'm giving myself a half point for that. Yeah. Like like to be fair, this is this is probably one of the few shows where you can do a cetaceous off. Yes. Like, yeah. can you imagine? They could maybe do it in a movie because of movie budget. But you couldn't do a set like this as a one-off. No. And... On, on live action, you'd, you'd have to make it, like, a main part of the show on a regular basis. Yeah. If you build this sort of set. And the other thing with it is you can do it in an animation where there's a comedic tone. But this is going to look pretty silly in live action unless unless you do something really good, like having little whales in Starfleet uniform. It's it's going to look daft most yeah. ways that you could cut it. Whereas here, it can fit in that world and you can extrapolate it in your head and go, okay, I know that they've got this on the other ships, but... We don't have to see it, so we don't need to break yeah. the the immersion by seeing how silly it is. Um, but it's great. I love it. I love the the whales. It, this it, this was like this is a great one of those great episodes. But this is like one of those great scenes. Yeah, like it is one of those scenes everyone has been dying to to see. Even if you yeah. didn't realise you've been dying to see Cetaceous Ops, no. as soon as you see it. You realise that you've been dying to see... Yes, definitely. And I hope these guys stick around. I hope we see the whales again. Not least... Yeah, come on, uh, Matt. Yeah. Not least because I think there's a bit of unresolved tension with Rutherford. They definitely seem to have taken a shine to him. Well, they seem to have taken a shine to Tandy as well. Yeah, like the the saying, they want her to go skinny dipping. With yeah, the, oh well, there's no time like after fixing a thing that you need to come and skinny dip. So <laughs> good on them, and you do get a great sort of action sequence with Boimler's got to go down there and the whales drag him along, and obviously yeah. he does manage to release it in time and everything, and they manage to save him. So, but yeah, it's but, like that is brilliant, isn't it? Um, Quick, his blowhole's broken. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> but the thing is, it's funny and it's quite surreal having the whales and everything, but it's a really good, really well done, tense action sequence and you've got the other stuff going on, like um, Mariner gets detached from the ship and Jennifer saves her and then... The Cerritos. Ransom gets to play with these joysticks. Yes, he gets manual, <laughs> doesn't he? He goes yeah. full on with it, which, yeah. <laughs> I, I have well, to... That, s- that plays back to uh, the season one episode with uh, when Rutherford went through all the different jobs. Because mm. we weren't sure about being engineering. Ransom told him then there's nothing like the feeling of having a joy- joystick in your hand. There you go, yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, I think... Ransom's joystick is cooler than Riker's joystick because yeah. it looks a bit more modern, it's discreet, hidden under the armrest. It's, it's also got the um, display, haven't you, on his, in his helmet? Yeah, yeah. And all that, which is like into darkness. Yeah, 
Definitely. It's been done in Discovery as well. Yeah. So I think, yeah, Ransom's winning the, the joystick game. Maybe him and yeah. Riker should have to have a, a manual off. They've, they have a race or something. <laughs> and there's a great contrast to this episode than there is to the season one finale. It's the season one finale, the Titan had to come in and save the Cerritos. But this episode, the Cerritos is the one doing the saving. Yeah. So it kind of shows how far they've come in a, a year's time. And Well, we... I think it's also showing, like, the Cerritos or the California class are basically workhorses and they go do yeah. engineering missions or scientific missions and all that. But it shows how capable they are that they can do all sorts of things, I think we're seeing. Yeah, definitely. And you get that in sort of the change in Freeman's attitude by the end of the episode is she's all, all the way through. She's saying, if I could take my crew with me, I would do. But it's not enough for her to stay. Whereas by the end of the episode, it is. And she's ready to turn down the promotion and everything. Yeah. But before we get to the big cliffhanger, there's a couple of other nice character beats. So we get we get the wrap-up of um, Tendy's storyline. So Tana's actually promoting her. She's going to go up onto the bridge. So that's... Yeah. Like, I like it. Like, Tandy goes, oh, like, Chad C. Daxon. Yeah. Tana goes, who? I meant, well, I meant Spock. Yeah, like Which Spock. Which makes sense because... Dax was only on one station. Spock was like yeah, well Spock's... known. He was a massive ambassador, and yeah, Spock's famous within the Star Trek universe. You know, even yeah. he's pretty much a, a rock star. I would say even within the the context of the universe. Whereas, even though Dax was amazing, I imagine anyone who studies the Dominion War is going to know who Dax is. But yeah, but yeah. But... Yeah, she, it, not quite on the same par as Spock. No, and, and I think, and I think it's fair. a bit like if you said Scotty, people would know who Scotty was as yeah. an engineer throughout I mean, Starfleet. The Enterprise has got to be the most famous ship ever. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. And then Jennifer and Mariner put the differences aside, and it looks like maybe she's going to become part of the main, the main cast next year, or. On the other hand, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me with lower decks if they just you don't see her next season and it turns out they've fallen out again and she did hate her or so you know. Yeah, like I'm still going with I think the uh Vulcan from last mm. last week could end up on the Cerritos crew. Yeah, so I mean if we're bringing the Vulcan in and Jennifer gets elevated as well, maybe And Tandy's promoted to the bridge. Maybe we're expanding our a core cast, or maybe, <clears throat> maybe because it's lower decks. If Tendy's been promoted to the bridge, and Mariner's on the bridge, and Boimler's on the bridge, it, are we going to get to the stage where we're going to need a new set of lower decks, and that'll be the Vulcan and Jennifer and um, whoever? I don't know. Well, we might have a new lower decks, but. Like, the whole story might be following these four through the career. Yeah, it could be. I think we're stick. I don't think they're going anywhere, but, yeah, I wonder no. if... And I think they'll stick as being the main characters. And I think part of the thing that they're probably doing with Tandy is they've had her in as, like, a nurse mm. or trainee doctor. 
but the stories haven't really worked there for it. But if they bring her into the sciences, they're, they're probably opening up for her to yeah. have a lot more stories. It, yeah, it and does. Be more involved in the main story as a character. Yeah, it creates a lot more storytelling opportunities if you yeah. you put these characters in positions of more responsibility because we've. We've had two seasons now doing the the downtrodden lower deck stuff, so yeah, maybe it is time to spread the wings a little bit. But then the first end of season Star Trek cliffhanger since that we've had since. Well, we do get another nice bit before this. We actually get the Cerritos does do the first contact. Oh, of course, yeah. The Archimedes is knackered. They've been down to do first contact. Yeah, you're uh, right. Captain Freeman goes down all formal and then he's there, hey, welcome, let's have a drink. <laughs> yeah, which is the kind of first contact. Which is contact very much you want. Um, like in first contact. Yeah, it's Ephraim Cochran. Where we see Cochran with the Vulcans. Yeah. <laughs> Takes them straight Party. to the bar. To be fair, this is the kind of first contact you want. You know, you don't want yeah. any weirdness. You want to just get her down for a drink and Freeman seems to be loving it. But then. Yeah, the bubbles burst because they're actually there to arrest her, and yeah, we get a we get a traditional to be continued. The yeah. pack led planet's been destroyed, so we were wondering where the pack leds. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now I I've got a theory on this. Like they're saying that there's they've got evidence that it's been like the Cerritos or Freeman supplying the weapons. Mm. I think when that Klingon has shot off to Kronos last week, that the Klingons, to try save face, have falsified evidence. Maybe, maybe. They're, they're trying to cover up what they've done. And, the, like, there's obviously gone... They'll have stuff from the view screens of the Cerritos being there, so they could show it probably the other way around. yeah. I mean, and she and she has, and arguably, the Cerritos has had more contact with the Packlets than anyone else. Well, they definitely have, yeah. And um, I mean, I'm thinking maybe the Packlets have just blown themselves up because they they're a bit well, silly. Well, is this where they've got? Is this where they've got evidence that it's free and makes me think that well, the Klingons have framed it? Maybe, but I think what they were doing is they were showing pictures of when she knew that spy. When they had that spy the other week, so yeah, I think the evidence is circumstantial, but yeah, I don't know how this is going to play out, and that that, that shows it's a well, good I'd, cliffhanger. Yeah, but. like they've got to have some sort of quite serious evidence to go and arrest the captain mm. off the ship. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm. It, it's great to have a cliffhanger where. You you don't know how it's yeah. going to play out. And how long did you say it was since we've had a cliffhanger? Well, I was just trying to work it out. I mean, an, an end of season cliffhanger would be uh, when it actually says to be continued. Be Enterprise season it. one, probably Shockwave part one, because there were cliffhangers. Season two of Enterprise finished with the Expanse, which was a cliffhanger, but it didn't say to be continued. Yeah. And same with season three. So I think that must be Shockwave Part One must be the last. Last time we actually had a to be continued. Yeah. So I'm quite happy to have that back, to be honest. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, like it was a it was a shock ending. It was yeah. a curveball ending. 
And yeah, it's an old, we don't usually do to be continued on TV shows anymore because everything's serialised now that we don't expect to get the full yeah, story you, in one yeah, episode. You, ex you expect like, oh, we've got to the end of this, but there's going to be some more story. Exactly. We've got, so... the, we've got the setup for the next season here and we expect it and that's how we watch TV but this is quite nice yeah. to be continued so, um, I suppose that's part of the thing because Slower Decks is episodic exactly yeah so this one it's telling you like this is a two-parter you know you've got a yeah you've got a wait and that's it we've got a wait now for next year well, you know? well that's what I mean it's like when are they going to fit in season three of Lower Decks because we know how busy a schedule have got absolutely yeah I mean Hopefully. Well, I think I like I'll be honest, I think we're going round to coming round we've got with the five shows that things are gonna just be annual. Yeah, I think so. I mean it's we've got So what lower deck started what end of in August. Yeah. So it's probably reasonable to say we'll get season three in August. I would guess possibly, so. Possibly possibly a bit earlier. Maybe. We'll see. Did, did we work it out that we think it'll run... What we've got coming at the moment we know of runs till June. Probably, yeah. So, anyway, it'll be fun to find out. I'm sure we'll hear sooner rather than later. Uh, so let's let's go back in time then. And we're, we said we'd do it last week and it's been a happy coincidence, actually. So we said we'd look at Samaritan Snare for the pack leads. Unless but, there was a glaring big... But then the glaring big thing has led us to Samaritan <coughs> Snare because we've got it, Sonia it, Gomez. We've already yeah. covered Q-Who. So the the gods of Star Trek are telling us that we have to do Samaritan Snare this week. Yeah, so. it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Fills in with the packlers. Exactly. And it's... It, <coughs> we'll be honest up front. It's season two next gen, so don't be expecting a masterpiece if you want to go back and <laughs> revisit this one. But it's not the worst of season two next gen. It's it's uh, okay. No, it, it's not the worst. And like surprisingly, this this was the second on until this week's lower decks. It was last time we saw Sonia Gomez. Yeah, and, like. How she was in two episodes following each other, she almost seemed like she was going to become it did a regular like sort of like Geordie's little prodigy or whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was strange, really. That I, I don't know whether the actress had commitments or whether they just didn't want know. to go ahead with the character. Uh, I'm not sure about the dates, but um, she was in Total Recall. She was, yes. Yeah, do you know who she was in Total Recall? Yes, I think so. She was the, the lady with three boobies, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, the triple-breasted uh, prostitute. Yeah, because that scene, I mean, obviously we all remember that scene, but I remember once we um, we went to my granddad's house and we, we'd got Sky, so we used to tape him, like, action films and stuff like that off Sky and take them round for him. Um, and we started watching Total Recall one morning, and then me and me, mum and dad went to um, a car boot sale nearby, and we so we'd, we'd got about half an hour into Total Recall. We left me granddad watching it. We were at the car boot sale probably a couple of hours and twenty minute drive there, twenty minute drive back, and we get back and Total Recall's still on, 
and he's not even <laughs> he's not even at the end yet and we're going how's that happened and it turned out he'd got to the bit with the woman with three boobs and he just kept rewinding it and watching it again and again and again and so he'd only got about half an hour further into the film than when we'd left him so if I, you know my granddad was a fan we'll put it that way so yeah um yeah, so this episode then, we got two stories, really. We've got Picard and Wesley, and we've got Geordie and the Packleds. Yeah, and, and we've got Riker being absolutely rubbish. Yeah, Riker comes out with some belters this episode. Oh, it, like, <laughs> we, we're, we've pretty much established, haven't we, how we look at it, that every episode is a week mm-hmm. from the last one. It's, so it's only four weeks to go. They're offering this guy his own command. That's true, yeah. And he clearly shows this episode that he is not ready for command. He's bloody clueless. Well, mm. oh, maybe. Yeah, it's... There's some interesting <laughs> stuff, he says. But So Pulaski is ordering Picard to go to the Starbase and they've got this... I don't know what they were going for with Picard and Pulaski. Were we meant to believe that they fancied each other secretly or did they just genuinely hate each other? Because that's how it comes across in this one. (coughs) Um, And, you know, I don't know what they were going for, whether they were trying to go for... It's a a strange one. I I don't know what they were going for, but it's always come across that he didn't look... Didn't like Pulaski. No. He wasn't happy on her being on his shit. No. He wanted Beverly back. And we didn't like Pulaski either. We weren't happy with her no. being on our show. And we wanted Beverly back. So, <laughs> And it's, again, I know there's lots of behind-the-scenes shenanigans that went on in the first couple of seasons of TNG, and we'll never probably get the full story. But it's very suspicious that Diane Muldan never gets added to the main credits, even though she's in every episode yeah. this season. To all intents and purposes, she's a regular cast member, but she's always listed as special appearance by. Yeah. And it's like she knew that she were on borrowed time with this. Yeah, I'm only here for one season. Yeah, it, there's definitely more to that. And yeah. I, I don't like, think we'll ever know. Like, we've talked about this before, haven't we, when we looked at season two episodes? And she rubbed us up as fans the wrong way straight away. Yeah. And she, how she didn't like Data and he's just a robot. And yeah, and it, I think it was trying to do the Bones and Spock thing, but you yeah, you always badly. knew yeah you always knew Bones were joking. Whereas I don't think Pulaski is. No, no, I, I've never had that impression. I and Data obviously isn't just a robot. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's some good stuff we like, you know, going back to Sonia. So Wesley's worried that he's not going to have anything to talk to Picard about. And Sonia actually gives him some good advice. And she's like, well, he likes archaeology. He likes this. He likes that. Yeah. And so it's quite cool that you've got, she's she's a lower decker at this stage. But Wesley's even lower than the lower, lower. decker. So <laughs> it's great that she gets to give him some advice. And... That you end up with them, they're in a shuttle. Uh, should we deal with the the Wesley and Picard stuff and then go back yeah. and do the pack leads because yeah. it's it's very kind of fragmented and broken, broken up and everything. And 
It's obviously leading to Picard telling uh, Wesley about his artificial heart. But it's quite weird, really, because Picard sort of starts off telling him about it. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I've got this thing. And then he's just like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. And you're like, he must know how nervous Wesley is in this situation. Yeah, and it's almost like doing anything to help, is it? No, he's like he's setting him up. He's he's going. I'll tell you a little bit about it. Oh, can I t- ask you about that, Captain? No, you can't. And it's it must be just <laughs> making Wesley feel terrible the way he does it. And but then Wesley doesn't help himself either because he's got this whole thing of also oh, why don't you have kids, Picard? You'd have been a good father. Why, you know, hang on, that's a bit personal, Wesley. Like, it's a bit personal, and it's actually been quite well established that Picard doesn't like children. Exactly. And Wesley saw it first, first hand. Get him off my bridge. Yeah, shut up, <laughs> Wesley, the famous, you know. Yeah. I get the feeling, though, that Wesley, what Wesley's saying, really, he's saying, I think you'd have been a good dad. I think what he's really saying is, I want you to be my dad, Captain. That's, he, he yeah. clearly wants Picard to be his father figure. And yeah, we, I don't mind if you're <coughs> moving on me, man. <laughs> yeah, you've got permission. Yeah. Um, so, and I think they would have developed, they do develop it a bit, but I think if Wesley had stuck around longer than he did, you know, beyond season four, that would have been the long-term story that the that they tell. Um, he also, it, you know, he carries on, he goes, like, why, why did you never get married? Like, calm down. But then Wesley comes out. But then again, he's still he's still a kid, isn't he? True. And it's sort of like one of these things that people eat. It's sort of like people get married. Yeah, true, true. And then Wesley comes out with a belter, and he says, "Oh, I'm in I'm in complete control where women are con- concerned." <laughs> really, Wesley? Really? <laughs> where, where do you get that idea then from? That that woman you had who turned into a fish. Like, I'm I'm not sure, Wesley, that you no. you are completely in control. Like, well, I fell in love with this woman, and she had this guardian who turned into a big bear thing, or so you know. I'm not I'm not sure, Wesley. Um, then he does tell the story about his heart, and this is either Picard's fibbing to make the story better. Or we changed our mind before we got to Tapestry. Because <clears throat> the way Picard tells it, he's basically... He doesn't mention anything about Dom Jot and cheating and stuff like that. He just yeah. basically makes it sound like, oh, we're mouthing off and these these Norsicans started with me. And he well, says, maybe, he do, maybe he doesn't mind admitting to mouthing off. Mm. But he does mind admitting to Jerry yeah, we were cheating. Maybe so that sort of goes very much against what Picard's about. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, modifying the story to t- teach Wesley a better lesson. Yeah, and he, I like the bit where he, he's quite proud of himself. Like, says I got him in a somewhat devious joint lock. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like, you can imagine it. Like, it's a. Uh, a wrestling thing like Picard with the somewhat devious joint lock. <laughs> but he does mention laughing, which is 
That's which a is really cool callback. Really clever. Yeah, that's really good. Like, that. like, I wonder if I wonder if they had the story in mind of Tapestry to come up. Maybe, with or if not, the person who watched this episode and picked that little detail and went, "He's laughing." What can I do with that? How can I make yeah. make that come in and? I'll give a different. I'll, I'll come up with the reason, but I'll give you another reason why he's laughing, and it'll be really clever. Yeah. So, whoever did that, uh, brilliant work, and I don't mind that they changed the story a little bit to to make it better. And so they get to the starbase. Picard's going in for this operation and everything, and then he starts dying, which means they need to call Pulaski in anyway. So it was all a big waste of time because we find out Pulaski could have done it back on the ship. Yeah, and Pulaski's the actual expert on this operation. Yeah. And you do see, though, they've got the artificial heart in a big jar that they're going to put in. And you look at it, that is bigger than a human heart. Like, yeah. that, that's going to take up his entire chest cavity. Is yeah. that like, there's not going to be any room for his lungs or anything else in there if you put that sucker in. Maybe it's just magnified in the glass. There we go. We'll have that, yeah. So, yeah, we'll let that one go. And that's about it for their story then. So there's some nice stuff with Picard and Wesley and everything. And Yeah, they have a bit of a chat and Picard opens up to Wesley eventually. And it's a nice mirror to Wesley's last episode, Journey's End, because it's Picard and Wesley in a shuttle together again. Yeah. So there's a nice bit of, bit of symmetry with that, so... Yeah, don't mind that at all. And then we get the other story, which is the pack leads. And obviously, Lower Decks has done what DS9 did for the Ferengi. They took a silly villain, they made him into a brilliant, multi-level, nuanced species. And obviously, Lower Decks is doing that with the pack leads. They've rehabilitated them a little bit. Obviously, <laughs> like, yeah. It is hard, because they are, they are sure there's been... Stupid food. Yeah, which and what lower <laughs> decks what lower decks has done brilliantly is just taken that and gone, yeah, it's stupid, but we're gonna run with it and we're gonna make <laughs> yeah. them the main villains. Which yeah, is fantastic. <laughs> because there wouldn't have been anybody complaining if we never saw the pack leads again after this. No, like there's a lot that was wrong with the pack leads. Is the whole premise of what they were doing like Okay, they got away with it against a Starfleet missile. But if you did that to a Romulan or a Klingon, they'd just blow them up. Yeah, exactly. They're lucky they got the Federation, really. And this is the thing about Riker, this episode. Clearly, he doesn't like the pack leads because they're stupid, which, first of all, that's not very infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Like, <laughs> just because someone's not that intelligent doesn't mean they're a bad person and doesn't mean we should treat them badly. But Riker is openly, from the very start, taking the piss out of them while they're on the view screen. He's not even doing it as an aside. Yeah. He's just like, what's these guys' problem? You know, he's, he's having absolutely none of it. And but he... Like, Worf is brilliant here because Jordy goes, oh, I'll get my stuff and I'll beam over and fix it. And Worf goes, hang on. And rightly so, 
We don't know anything about this species, really. Yeah. We don't know what the motivation is. Mm. We don't know if they're lying or deceitful. Are we going to just be my chief engineer over there? Yeah, exactly. We know <laughs> support. We won't send any security or anything. Yeah. Kirk could have had a couple of red shirts with him at well, the very least. Why has, he got, why has he got no one else with him? Just gone on his own. Yeah, crazy. And, and Riker's like, <laughs> no... No, um, it's our job to give aid, so I'm sending Jordy over. Yeah. Well, no, your you chief of security has given you a valid reason why you shouldn't be. Yeah. Or at least you should be sending someone over there with him. And, and you've that, just gone, no, I'm sending my chief engineer. And that's it. it. Like, maybe it is because Riker has such a low opinion of them that he, he, he can't possibly engage with the idea that there might be a threat, but... Again, I know the language that we use to describe people with learning difficulties and things like that has changed over the years. And so some of this is probably of the time it was made. But I'm still thinking from a Starfleet officer's perspective, he calls them slow. He calls them curious throwbacks. It's like, yeah. really, Riker? We're going a bit over the top here. Well, that's it. And all he's had is one, one, one minute conversation with them. Yeah. It, like, that's what's all point. No, we don't actually know anything about no. them. This could be a dangerous situation that we're sending our chief engineer into on and his own, and it, unprotected. It kind of turns out to be a little bit of a, a dangerous situation. I mean, not a, not a hugely dangerous one, but Troy turns up and does a usual, oh, I can sense something I or other. I can sense deceit. And, yeah, Jordy's in danger. We've got to do something about that. And you do get some good lines from the pack. But then again, like, Riker totally ignores the... He just got. He messages. He gets on the thing to Jordy. Is everything okay over there? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Uh, so your chief of security and your telepath. Yeah. Have both told you there's potential problems there, and you're ignoring both. Yeah, and it's like okay. And still leaving your chief engineer in danger. Yeah, like Jordy says, I'm not in danger, but. Geordie doesn't know that's the point. You know, if he if he yeah. knew he was in danger, you'd have known by now. It, you can't just go, is everything all right? Yeah, that's fine. He could be under duress for all you know. Yeah. Like, let's not forget that, um, like, even though Riker spoke to, spoke to the Packwoods on the view screen, by the time Geordie's over there, he can only use his communicator. Yeah. And so they could have a gun, have a phaser to Geordie's head. Yeah, a Romulan phaser probably, because that's what yeah. they... They raise Romulan shields after they've stunned Geordie. And, and this is my point. How did they steal off the Romulans if they did this with the Romulans? The Romulans had just blown them up. Yeah, it's... Yeah, that that. And make... the Romulans wouldn't have been bothered about getting the chief engineer back either in the same way. No. They'd have just blown them, blown them up with the chief engineer I mean, over you there. would imagine... But the Romulans probably wouldn't have sent the chief engineer. No, they wouldn't. The Romulans would have known as soon as they saw the pack leads who they were and probably just blown them up on sight, never mind anything else. Mm. Um, But... 
Yeah, so we end up with Geordie. Geordie's trapped over there. And the Packleds are now going on about they want him to make weapons. And Troy gives us the insight. It's all been a big setup. Like, yeah, yeah, it's quite obvious now. But maybe she's doing that for Riker's benefit rather than ours. She's like, look, can you see? I told you. Yeah. All a big setup. Like, Riker is, Riker is a real, is in command here. Like, even as a first officer, I wouldn't expect a first officer doing this. No, and he, Let alone to, someone who's in the acting captain's role. To give Riker his due, he's not usually this rubbish. Like, he's usually much better written than this. And yeah. he's usually far, far more capable. Uh, but yeah, he definitely drops a few clangers this time. Jordy gets shot again. And they've decided now that what they want is the the Enterprise records, the Enterprise's computer records. And then you get this really bizarre scene where Riker decides we're going to give Geordie a coded message. And they just start saying 24 all the time, like... yeah. The, the oh you will not attain level 24 of enlightenment it's level 24 and it clearly they're trying to convey something it seems to take Geordie a bit too long to twig that there's something yeah. <clears throat> something unusual going on here and again Riker he gives a little bit but it's Worf mainly who hammers it home with all this you you will not attain the Enlightenment. But what did 24 have to do with it, other than the fact that they do a countdown from 24? Well, I thought it was going to be like, you've got to set the shields to frequency 24 yeah, or... It, it, something uh, like that. It, it's but, just really strange. But the, Yeah, they just keep going 24, remember, Jordy? 24, yeah. in 24 seconds we'll do this. 24, you 24. You won't reach the 24th level of enlightenment. And Yeah, I thought it's it's got to be shield modulation or yeah. phases or... But no, it's just we're going to do a countdown from 24 for some random reason. So that doesn't make sense. That, that makes you wonder if that got lost in a script revision or a deleted scene somewhere or, or something. But it's it's very, very strange. And you'd think, usually with Star Trek, when you use a random number, it's 47. So it, they're not even doing the, yeah, the, the, the Star Trek usual numbers. But we get, they try and add a little bit of, tension to it by giving it a deadline like Picard's gonna die so we need to sort out the pack lead thing then go get the yeah. doctor to him so it tries to ramp up a bit of the tension but I think the pack leads are just that lame that the, there's no real sense of danger in this episode but I mean when they come out with classics like oh, he is smart teeth are for chewing <laughs> Which is great because Lower Decks has kept the consistency with how they're portrayed. That you know they don't evolve yeah, much. Lo like Lower Decks has made the Packlets a really good character. Yeah, as species. Yeah, they're funny now. I mean, they were mildly amusing here, but I think the episode probably takes them a bit too seriously than they deserve. Whereas Lower Decks has 
has pitched them at the right level and used them the way they should be, yeah. really. And, and, like, as we found out, it was the Klingons who gave them all the weapons. They haven't been pulling this stuff No, 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 exactly. Uh, but even, like, the ship design, like, the ship design in this is just a bog-standard ship. But what we're seeing in Lower Decks is clearly they've nicked bits from different people and put it together uh, and it looks great. Which, you know, in Next Gen and DS9, they weren't afraid of doing a bit of kickbashing, particularly when they needed a Federation ship. Well, DS9 did it a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas you've got this ship here, which should be a kickbash of everything else we've seen, and it isn't. It's... Uh, I think it might be a reuse of another ship, but it's... I'm not sure. It's clearly just one but, thing. Like, the strange thing is as well, like, when they scan it, they say uh, it's only got sub-light engines, so how have they got into deep space without warp? Yeah. And like you say, how have they nicked stuff off the, the Romulans? But anyway. Yeah. Um, then they use the Crimson Force Field, which... We find out, obviously, he's just a, a light show and everything, and it's yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's just uh, expelling the hydrogen back out yeah. through the buzzard collectors. Which, fair, it's almost like... But the, the I wonder if that's maneuver. what it is, because um, Jordy says, I'll get stuff going, and I wonder if he knows that he'll have 20, if that 24 is, you'll have 24 seconds once we start. Maybe. To shut, off the, to shut them down. Could be. So it looks like, because... Their power goes down, doesn't it, when yeah, the yeah. force field hits them? Yeah, maybe. If so, they don't really land it the way... No. ..the way you would expect. But anyway, they trick the pack leads and they save the day, so that's OK. And Picard gets back, they give him a round of applause and he's not happy about it. And he's not... No, rightly right so. Yeah. And he shouldn't have given him a round of applause. No. And the, the, he's not happy about Pulaski being the one to save him either. So he's generally not happy, Picard, at the end of this episode. He, he is, actually, because he does announce that uh, Wesley has done well in his exams and be true. allowed to stay on board the Enterprise. Yes, very true. So at least Wesley so, comes out of the episode like, better than he started. So Wesley has done well in his exams to be a cadet, so can stay on the Enterprise... Does that mean he's not done well enough to go to the academy? <laughs> Could do, yeah. Or maybe it's like... Maybe it's like a thing of, OK, if you're out on a ship, we need you to prove that you're getting enough of the curriculum to keep up, <coughs> otherwise you need yeah. to come and be classroom-based. So maybe it's that. Or like you say, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a punishment. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean... It's not the worst season two episode. It's... No, it's not. Like, as we said, it's got the Packlands, which Lower Decks have taken and run with and made into a great species, and they yeah. enjoy the Packland episodes. Um, even though I said, I was, I thought the season finale would be a Packland episode. I did. It wasn't. We did get a little bit right at the end. We did. But, and it, I think Lower Decks have got them as. They're the big bad in Lower Decks, but they're not in every episode and being overused. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And obviously we're going to get the payoff to that next season, so yeah. that's going to be good fun if, as and when we actually get it. In terms yeah, of what... I think, June, I think maybe June, July next year. Yeah. In terms of what we're doing then, next week on the podcast, 
you're going to get the episode that we recorded as part of Squee Fest, which is us talking about Endgame, Endgame from Voyager as a, a final bit of a lead-up to um, Prodigy. Next week on the live feed, we're going to record a one-off episode where Dr. Squeeze convinced us to finally talk about the last episode of Enterprise, um, and we're teaming that up with Pegasus from TNG for obvious reasons. If you don't know the reasons, oh, you're going to be really disappointed by you, that last you've episode. You've got all week to watch them both to find out. Yeah, and... <laughs> Yeah, if you don't know what the last episode of Enterprise is, yeah, enjoy it, enjoy it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we'll be talking about that. That episode will turn up in the podcast feed eventually, but at some point we don't know when. So we've got too much, too much new Star Trek coming. Um, it'll but, probably be when when we're on holidays when it'll get yes, made. probably. <laughs> and the uh, but the video will be available on the YouTube channel. Um, you can also check out Elliot's Retrek Model Studios, where he's got some incredible stuff going on with the the Voyager model at the minute. Got the, I'm the drilling mo- out windows at the moment. Oh, there's a lot of windows on Voyager. Uh, 154 on the engineering hull. Oh no. I haven't even looked how many on the saucer yet. <laughs> See, this is the problem when you decide you're going to light all your models. You need to drill them all out. If you just paint, <laughs> if you were just painting, you could just um, anyway. Yeah, but like it's going to look good. Yeah, it is. I mean, the amount of work you're putting in, you you need to drill them out. So yeah, um, if you want to like, keep, like if no one's seen it on on Retrek Model Studios, I've motorized and cells. Yeah. So I have, I have them going into warp or back into impulse. Which takes a bit of doing, especially when you consider um, how tiny that... Well, it's not a tiny model, but the space you've got to work with to make it do that is tiny. It fit a three mil piece of tubing in it. Just. There you go. So if you want to follow Elliot's building of Voyager, check out Retrek Model Studios. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at RetrekPod. You can oh, email us. The, I have a little bit of news as well. Um, it's just a follow-up to last week about Chakoti being back in. Oh, yeah. Um, on IMDb, is in all 10 episodes of Prodigy is going to be in. Oh, no. As are all his crew. So God knows what's happening there. Oh, no. That's just put me off. <laughs> I don't know if I want to cover Prodigy yeah, now. Yeah, so, like, God knows how the, how it's going to work. No. Uh, uh, but we know sometimes IMDb lies, so maybe, yeah, like maybe. They have, they've listed Jacoti, and I can't remember the... The crew's name, yeah. The, the crew's name is at this point, that with him. And we don't know what ship he's on. Oh, well, thank all, all I'll say is it's a good thing we didn't know this before because we'd have had to do more Chicote episodes and I don't know if I could have <laughs> cope with that. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's down for being in the all 10 episodes. I wonder if, if like I said last week, I thought he'd be in one and he's lost the prodigy. I wonder if he's a Starship, Starfleet ship that's been sent to the Delta Quadrant to look for the prodigy. Maybe. 
and we'll just get a little clip of them every week. Could be, yeah. Sort of trying to pick up the trail and stuff. Can you imagine it? Like, if you were Chakotay, you finally get back to the Alpha Quadrant. We're promoting you to captain, but you're off back to Delta Quadrant. <laughs> Delta Quadrant. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so uh, email us, retrickpod at gmail.com. Come and join us on Facebook. And um, we'll see you next time to talk all. The next time will be... Uh, recording and doing the podcast at the same time. We're going to be talking about a brand new show. We're going to be talking about Prodigy. Uh, but in the well, middle... <laughs> yeah, um, Prodigy, what does it start? a week tomorrow on yeah. Paramount+. Plus. Um, I haven't got Sky myself, but um, I understand if you've got Sky Q or Sky... If you've got Sky Q, you're going to be able to watch Prodigy straight away. Mm-hmm. But you can also through the Sky, through the Sky Q Hub um, sign up on for uh, Paramount Plus now. They've done a deal with Sky. Right. Okay. Um, it's not going to be on um, Nickelodeon until all ten episodes have been shown. Right. Oh, so Paramount good. Paramount Plus uh, or Sky in the UK. This is getting I've got prodigy. But it's getting on. It's in too many different places. Let, us, let us know in the comments how you've managed to watch Prodigy <laughs> and give us clear instructions on how to do it because this is, this is going to be fun. Uh, but thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on The Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.